Welcome, everyone, to the Energy Advisors podcast. I'm your host, Rex, that energy guy. We've got a great uh, episode for you today. It is uh, 2024, so if I hadn't had a chance to tell you this, it's January of 2024. Happy New Year. Excited for the things that are going on in energy in 2024. The technology is continuing for self-generation systems. Uh, it, it's continuing to evolve very, very fast. So today's episode is talk about the economics a little bit of your ability to purchase and then provide your own electricity with solar wind uh, technologies and what's happening with the power companies, net metering, net billing, and then the consequences of what's going to happen in the marketplace. All right. Before we get started on all that today, I want to thank our partners in this show, our friends at um, Fowler Solar. Fowler are amazing folks. They are basically, I would say, probably one of the highest integrity firms I've ever run into in any type of industry. Uh, integrity matters when you are going through the education process, the implementation process, and then maintaining your systems. The friends over at Valor Solar deliver solar in five states currently. So that's Colorado, Utah, Idaho, Arizona, and Nevada. They'll be expanding as the things progress in the world, but great folks. If you want to get connected with them, go to the Energy Advisors website, so energyadvisors.today. Fill out the form and we'll get them connected to you. All right. So let's talk about what's happening here today with net metering, net billing. What's the difference? What are the trends? What's going on with this? And so what's what's taking place? Now, here in the United States in 2023, there were actually 38 states who had statewide mandatory initiatives for net metering. For those who may be new to this, uh, net metering is simply your home. If you have solar or wind, will have a two-way meter. So it will measure the electricity that you consume when you're not generating power. So nights are at times when you're not generating power. And then also too, it will measure the electricity, the excess electricity that you're uh, creating and putting it back onto the grid. So it's been an interesting environment there. There are currently, let's see, one, two, three, four, six states that do not have any type of statewide net metering that is uh, a mandated compensation model. And then there are, well, let's see, six states now where the net metering has been canceled or there are different types of uh, compensation and that's impacting solar and wind in a big fashion. All right, so let's, let's talk about the difference of the two. Net metering, it's a great model. Like at my house, I'm just going to give you my personal example of this. Uh, two years ago, I installed solar, and I haven't had an electricity bill since. So what has happened is instead of me just being a consumer of the electricity from my local provider, Excel Energy, we're now partners. I buy from them. They buy from me. And the best part of this whole relationship is I win the most because I get a check every month. Now, there are different programs, how you sign up with your local utility provider. Make sure if you're going to alternative um, electricity generation systems that you look at the agreements, whether they true up monthly, annually, provide credits, et cetera. But in essence, you can actually turn the economics in your favor. All right. So that's net metering. Now, in 
the let's see the month of december 2023 another state left net metering and that's idaho and it is now not a statewide initiative it can be implemented by each power company so what's taken place with the elimination of statewide net metering is in my opinion and in the opinion of experts and those who are proponents of alternative power generation systems is the fact that the power companies no longer have to pay a retail price. Okay, so a retail price. So if I'm consuming electricity at 25 cents a kilowatt, they're going to buy it from me at 25% kilowatt. Now, the utility companies are making money, they're profitable, that's how they stay in business. And generally, it's like anything else, they buy at wholesale or generate at wholesale and sell it to you at retail. So right now, I've got this great situation, I'm grandfathered in, I'm selling my electricity back to them at a retail rate. All right. So with the elimination of net metering, what's taken place is it kind of goes to a, what they call net billing. Now, net billing is currently exists in two main states, actually three main states. Um, that would be Idaho, California, and Texas. Utah and Arizona have some modifications of that. But in those states, what's taken place is net billing is uh, it allows the power companies to only pay at a wholesale rate. So for example, sake, if I was uh, consuming and being and paying for 25%, I might be selling it back to them at half that rate. Well, what happened in 2022, uh, the Public Utilities Commission in California caved, in my opinion, to the power companies and they changed it. And what happened, and it was implemented in April of 23, the power companies were off the hook and the amount that they are buying it back was reduced by 75%. All right, so there's two main outcroppings that come of that. And that's essentially they've gone to what you would call a net metering, excuse me, a net billing uh, model. Two big impacts of that. Number one, if I'm not selling my power back to my local power provider at a retail rate, the economics of, uh, say, solar, like on my house and, and wind coming up, it gets tougher because it puts um, the economics of it aren't as good because I don't really have a bill swap. So today when people implement solar, nothing out of pocket, they do a bill swap, they spend the money that they would have sent to the electricity company, pay it on their solar system, and basically they end up in an even or a, a net gain like I do. Well, okay. So now if my rate that I'm getting paid is cut by 75%, it slows down the adoption of solar. Well, in California, the impact of that in 2023 is they've lost 22% of the jobs related to solar. So those who sell, install, support, it was actually sort of a negative impact when they dropped those rates from a net metering back to net billing and then turn it so the, the consumer while they are generating their own electricity, they're kind of getting, I don't know, hosed. I want to be careful what I say here, because now instead of getting retail, they get uh, wholesale. So this is a trend that's continuing to happen. We went from 38 states with net metering down to 37 because of Idaho's change in their policies. I think this is a trend we're going to continue to see. And what's also um an outcropping of this is for the economics to work at a person 
it's really driving the increase of batteries. So give me my example, going back to California here. If I've gone, uh, my rate that I'm selling my electricity back to the utility company has dropped 75%, it's probably in my best interest to put a battery in so I can store my own so I can use less of their power and reduce my bill. Well, that's a great strategy. The only problem with that is batteries are expensive. Uh, I'm not going to name any of the brands out there, but a typical uh, storage system for a typical home is going to cost you 12, 15, 20,000 or more for a storage uh, system and large batteries big enough to run your home or small business. So while it does help me consume and save money from buying from the electricity company, it doesn't really help me economically. And then it's going to slow down the adoption of solar. So that's a byproduct. Now, talked about this in a previous podcast, what's happening in, in the battery industry. The number one space where battery innovation is coming is EVs. There are now nine models in the marketplace where you can buy an EV that's bi-directional. And bi-directional means this, really simple. My vehicle can um, accept the charge off of my home charging station, and it can also be a supply. I'm excited because I'm looking at a uh, and going to get a Ford F-150 Lightning. The battery is so big on that baby that it can actually power my home, depending on my consumption, seven to 10 days. So now I get a two for one. I'm driving around a vehicle that is an EV and it's also a battery supply for my house. So we're going to see this trend go along. The dynamics are there. The public utility commissions are supposed to be protecting the consumer. But the trend that we're starting to see is it's a little alarming. They're protecting the power companies. And that frustrates me because I don't think we should have regulatory agencies that are protecting an industry um, based on how those companies are constituted currently. So if you want to uh, keep an eye on this, I recommend that you join a couple of the different industry associations out there. I'm a member of the American Solar Energy Society. I highly recommend them. There's also the American Solar Industries Association, uh, a little more of that's a business level, but you need to get active and you need to stay on top of helping people uh, protect their rights as more and more people adopt alternative, renewable, uh, self-generating power systems on their home. So that's today's topic today. A little quick education, a quick update. Uh, unfortunately for our friends in Idaho, uh, it, it looks like they took a step backwards. It'll, it will slow down adoption in solar. Uh, it's a complex issue. We need the power companies to help us maintain the grids, but we also need the uh, independence and freedom of the marketplace. Because one of the issues that happens you know, from the power company's perspective is they look at this as, as revenue loss. But if they look a little further into this, it actually helps them with distribution, building out the grid and even flow of power. Here in Colorado, and I haven't researched all the states because I actually have things to do other than 100% research. And in, in, for an example's sake, here in Colorado, uh, my provider is Excel Energy. And looking at the letter in the bill, my cost of electricity is 67% of it is for transportation costs. So for every dollar that I spend 
on electricity, 67 cents of that was for transportation. So getting the fuels, fossil fuels, coal, natural gas to the power plant, generating that, and then distributing it to my home. Well, the advantage of self-generated um, power generating systems like I have on my home, solar and adding wind, that transportation cost, when I put my power back onto the grid, my power can actually be consumed by my neighbors. Heck, my neighbors on three sides don't have power generating systems. So what's going to happen for the utility companies, and again, they're hoping that we don't understand this, is that their transportation costs go down. So it evens out the transportation along the grid. Now, they're not going to focus on that at the Public Utility Commission's meetings, but it's in our favor if we can point that out because their margins can stay better if they are recognizing and accounting for and basically applying that the fact that their transportation costs go down. Because if I don't have coal that's coming from the uh, Powder River Basin in upper and western Wyoming, being trained all the way down to the power plants here in Colorado and being transmitted to my neighbor, and he can get this power from my house, that's a big, big savings. So the, the uh, issue is complex. You need to pay attention to it. Stay in touch with your public utilities commissions. Keep an eye out, you know, get that actic, uh, reticular activator looking for when things are happening on this topic because it's important. I don't think it's a good idea here in free markets where agencies are protecting the power companies. They should be there to protect both of us, protect the consumer and protect the power companies. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in today. Uh, don't forget to bookmark the podcast or subscribe to any of the video platforms. We're always here for any types of questions. If you have a question for me, input my email address is really simple. It's rex at energyadvisors.today. I want to thank our friends over at Valor Solar. Get in touch with them. We have lots of great guests coming up in 2024. So until next time, as I say every single time, make it a great day day.